of you love Jesus today? Really love Jesus? Amen. Amen. What a wonderful Lord we serve today. He is so good in every way. I want to I talk to you this morning for a few minutes. Um, I, I want to use a, a metaphor that Jesus used in talking um, about uh, how we process things in life and how we hope to succeed in life. And he used parables or stories to tell many things. And one that he used had to do with the seed and the sower. And so the title of my message today is Prepare the Soil. My text is from Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. And you may have only read this in the past in the King James, or if you haven't read it in a modern version, I want to give you the New Living uh, Translation, but you've probably heard, Do, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever men soweth that shall he also reap. Well, I, let me read it to you from the New Living Translation, and listen carefully, if you will. Follow me on the screen. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. I would like to take that one sentence right there from Galatians and preach it from the steps of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. with a megaphone so big and so strong that it would cover the nation and let everybody hear that because it is a fact. You cannot mock the justice of God. That's a settled fact from the Word of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Um, you will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit, notice it's capitalized, it's talking about the Holy Spirit here. Uh, you'd do no violence to this, to just use the term God. Uh, because this is God, the Holy Spirit is talking about here. Those who live to please God will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Have you ever gotten tired? Have you ever felt like, boy, I just, uh, I'm just tired? And it looks like evil's prevailing all around you. And sometimes you may even feel like throwing up your hands and, and just saying, I quit. But let me encourage you today from the words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Galatia, don't give up. Amen. Don't quit because we're going to reap after a while. Now, what I've given you here from this passage of Scripture is a principle from God's Word. And it's eternally settled in the heavens. It's not going to change. And it's the principle of sowing and reaping. You can go all the way back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, and see where it started. When God created the heavens and the earth, God set in motion a law called sowing and reaping. That's why when God made the heavens and the earth and created the plant life and the animal life and everything that we see on planet earth, God did not have to come back a week later and do it all over again or a month later or a season later, a year later, a decade later. Because when God created all of these things, plant life, animal life, and etc., 
He placed within his creation the ability to multiply. And so here we are thousands of years later still looking at trees that started way back in the beginning when God created them. Somebody said, uh, could you, could, what's in an apple? Well, there's seeds. How many apples will grow from that seed? Well, there's more than just an apple in that seed. There is, a, there is an orchard in those seeds. Do you realize that? Because you plant it and it just keeps multiplying and keeps multiplying. And that's the will of God. And let me tell you, that's where it started do you have any idea how long this is going to be in effect? Well, let me tell you from the word in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, this is what God said. As long as the earth remains, say that with me, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. This is going to happen how long? As long as the earth remains, as long as planet earth is here, this law that God created will be in effect and it will continue. Now, Jesus gave us a parable about sowing and reaping. It's found in several of the gospels. I'm, I'm going to choose to read the one from Matthew chapter 13. So look at the screen and, and listen carefully to the words of our Lord Jesus. He told them many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon withered under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, this is a parable. Jesus used what was very familiar to those people who were listening. Remember that it was an agrarian society at the time. Everybody uh, made their living by either farming, planting and, and reaping, or uh, cattle or sheep or something of that nature. It was, it was that kind of culture that uh, Jesus preached in. Some have said that perhaps Jesus was just walking along with his disciples and the crowd that was following him and teaching them many things when he looked out and saw a farmer scattering seeds in the, in, in, over his farmland. And hence he began to use this parable to give them a spiritual message. And uh, they listened. But it's interesting <laughs> that after he had finished this parable and after he had finished preaching that day and after the crowds had been dispersed and everybody had gone home, the disciples came to him and said, Jesus, we're not sure that we understand what you're trying to say in this parable. We know that there's a deeper meaning than that farmer throwing seed on the soil. Would you help us to understand more clearly what you're talking about? 
And so then Jesus begins to explain the parable. You'll have to drop down several verses. In fact, verse 18 and uh, all the way through 23, Jesus explains it. Here it is. Listen carefully. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away and soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. How many of you want to be in that last category? Amen. Where you produce 30, 60, and 100 times as much. That, yeah, that's prosperity. That's blessing. That's, pro, that's productivity. That's, uh, that's, now, here, here's an opinion of mine. I believe that this parable that I just read to you is the most important parable that Jesus gave us. Out of all the parables that he said, uh, that he spoke, I believe this one is the most important one. Let me tell you why. After he gave it, Mark says this in his gospel, Mark 4, 13. Then Jesus, he's quoting Jesus here. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Do you see what's going on here? Jesus said, I'm giving you a key. This parable is the key to understanding all of the other parables. If you don't get this one, you're not going to be able to understand the others. However, if you get this one and you understand this one, you're going to be able to apply the principles of this and the other parables that I'm going to give you, and you'll understand them. So this is key. This is why I say that I believe that it is the most important parable that he gives. Now, it, when you read back through this parable, taking it back to its original form, not the explanation, just the original form, and looking at it, it seems to me that if the seed and the soil are good and given enough rain and sunshine in their proper order, then the harvest is just pretty well guaranteed, wouldn't you say? Or is it? Some of you are wondering this morning why, when you take it over the spiritual application, why you've been sowing, but your harvest has not come in. I'm sowing the word. I'm guarding my heart. I'm doing everything I know to do, preacher, and I'm just not getting that productivity that Jesus talked about. Well, there's a couple of reasons that may be um, applicable to to your situation let me give you two two right quick i'll take uh, jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 3 and jeremiah the prophet tells israel why their harvest is not coming in this is what the lord says to the people of judah and jerusalem plow up the hard ground of your hearts 
Do not waste your good seed among thorns. Hosea says it this way in chapter 10 and verse 12. I said, plant good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. How many of you like for the Lord to just shower his righteous blessings on your life? Well, Hosea said, you might have to plow up your field. So when you, when you boil it down to, to the bottom line where the rubber meets the road, it's the soil. In fact, it's all about the soil. Say that with me. It's the soil. It's all about the soil. So, so the word of God is saying it could be if you're sowing the right seed, but you're not getting the right harvest that you haven't plowed the ground. Now, the seed is the word. Jesus made that very clear when he gave the explanation. The seed is the word. So there's nothing wrong with the seed. Amen. Word of God is true. Word of God is perfect. Word of God will endure forever. Jesus said, not one jot nor tittle. That's a little old grammatical mark. Not one of those shall fail until all be fulfilled. In other words, the word of God's going to be fulfilled in its totality. Every I dotted and every T crossed the word of God. So there's nothing wrong with the word. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The problem is always with the soil. So we need to check the soil. There's some of you today that are trying hard, but, but you've got some hard ground and you need to dig it up. And the best way to do that is to just uh, repent. <laughs> if, if you've got bitterness, if you've got envy, if you've got jealousy, if you've got hurt feelings, if you've got your heart is getting hard and you can't get a harvest until you get rid of that stuff. You say, well, preacher, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. I know I don't know what they did to you, but I do know this. As long as you know what they did to you, you're concentrating on it too much. You need to plow it up, get rid of it. You don't need that. that those are weeds and your harvest cannot come and multiply like God wants it to. In other words, you can't succeed in your spiritual life until you just plow the ground up, just plow it up. Amen. I heard about, I heard about this guy that, um, he was in prison serving a long, long sentence and his daddy wrote him a letter and his dad said, son, You've always been here to help me plow my garden every year. And you know, your daddy's getting way up in age. And I've looked at the garden and I want a garden so bad this year. But he said, I just, I just don't think I'm physically able to plow the garden. Is there anything you can do to help me? And his son wrote him back from prison. He said, dad, whatever you do, don't be digging around in the backyard. That's where I hid the last stash from my robbery. His dad got the letter, and the next morning, cars come from everywhere, FBI, GBI, local law enforcement. They plowed up every inch of his backyard. 
And his daddy wrote him back in prison and said, son, you're not going to believe this. Said they came from everywhere and dug up the backyard. I believe I can plant a garden now. <laughs> and his son wrote him back and he said, well, dad, that's about all I could do from here right now. But, but <laughs> <laughs> Plow up the ground. Plow up the ground. It makes a difference. It's, it's the soil. It's all about the soil. Now, that's one reason. There could be another reason, and it's very different. You may say, preacher, what you just said doesn't apply to me. I, I've taken care of bitterness. I've taken care of unforgiveness. I've taken care of envy and jealousy and strife and all that stuff. I've got all that out of my heart. I've taken all of that to the cross. The Lord Jesus has washed all that away. And I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just not dealing with that. But I'm still not getting the harvest that I feel like lines up with the multiplication that the scriptures talk about. What's the problem? Well, <clears throat> it could be that your harvest is not here yet. It may not be your harvest time. You know, different seeds that are planted have different growth uh, spans. And some things grow a lot faster than others. Old Uncle Bud Robison, who was maybe the last great voice of the Nazarene church, he was a phenomenal evangelist. He was known all over the world in his writings. And he's several generations ago, so I don't expect that any of you would know about him unless you're just a church history buff. But but old Uncle Bud Robison was a brilliant guy, although he had very little education. And when he got on up in age, he was at the general convention of the Nazarene church and there was a young man that got up and made a speech on the floor. And he said, I think what we need to do in our church is get rid of all these old preachers. He said, they, they just, they've had their day, they've had their time, and we just, need to, we just need to retire them, get them out of the way so us young guys can, can come on up and fill these positions. And old Uncle Bud Robinson was scheduled to speak right after this young guy. And so he got up and he said, you know, that young man that just spoke, he, he did an amazing job. Wasn't that an amazing speech? He said he was so fluent and so eloquent in his, in his presentation. said, it just made me think about God's creation. He said, you know, when God wanted to make the mighty oak, the giant of the forest, it took him a 100 years. But when he wanted to jerk up a little old crooked neck squash, it didn't take him but six weeks. Some of you will get that on the way home. But <laughs> what I'm saying is there, some things grow to fruition faster than others. You, you can plant bamboo and don't expect to see anything for a long time. It will be years before it pokes out of the ground. But then when it does, it takes off. There's some things that just say, maybe your harvest time is not here. But I can promise you this morning, if you keep the soil healthy and you're planting the right kind of seed, you're going to reap a harvest. It's a, yeah, give God praise for that. It's a principle of God's word and it will not fail. It will not fail. And the multiplication is phenomenal. Jesus said some 30, some 60, some 100. You can't beat that at all. So 
let me tell you what to do while you wait. And I'll use as an illustration a story from the ministry of Jesus in Mark chapter 5. You've heard the story of Jairus, haven't you, and his daughter that was raised from the dead? Are you familiar with that? I, I won't read it because it's quite lengthy, but let me just put it in my own words and tell you the story. Jesus was preaching one day, and Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, well-known man, well-respected in the community, came to Jesus and said, Master, my little girl, she was 12 years old, by the way, she's at home very violently ill. In fact, she is near death. Would you come and lay your hands on her and heal her? And Jesus said, certainly. And he started the journey to Jairus's house. Along the way, the crowd was thronging him. And that's when the woman with the issue of blood, you're familiar with that story, aren't you? She came behind and touched the hem of his garment and it caused Jesus to stop and minister to her. Well, this delay that was caused by this woman who had a problem that Jesus took care of made it so late that the girl died. In fact, one of the servants came to Jairus and said, don't, don't bother the master anymore because your, your daughter has expired. And Jesus gave Jairus four things that he needed to do. And let me give them to you. He's waiting on his miracle or his harvest. First of all, he said to him, as soon as he got that information, that was bad information. Some of you have gotten a bad report. Some of you have gotten news. Some of you have had things, tragedies happen to you. We, we have a family here and some of, some of our folks went down and, and helped them down in Florida that, that, that was devastated by the, by the hurricane. And, and, and you, you can imagine the, the kind of, there's, there's, everybody has their own story. And you probably had a time somewhere in your life when you've gotten some news that was not good. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Do not get into fear. And some of you that are waiting on your harvest this morning, the enemy wants to make you afraid. You're afraid it won't work. You're afraid it's not worth it. You're afraid that you, 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 you followed God's word and, and you, now you're being taken advantage of. You're afraid that you've given and you're not going to receive a harvest on your giving. You're, you're afraid. Rebuke that fear. Amen? Rebuke that fear. Why you wait? Just rebuke that fear. There is no place for fear in the heart of a child of God. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. He will not fail you. He will go with you all the way even to the end of this world. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he told you over and over again, do not be afraid. Do not fear. In fact, there's over 365 fear nots in the Bible. There's one for every day. So don't be afraid. Second thing, he said, just believe. Just keep on believing. Keep on believing. You say, I hadn't seen it yet. Keep believing. Keep believing. You can trust God. Keep on trusting him. Just keep on believing. If you need to build your faith, get in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just keep believing. Third thing, he told him to, you know, when they got to the house, there were all these mourners there. Boy, they were wailing and crying. And the first thing Jesus did, he put them all out. He said, you guys go outside. We don't need this kind of negativity in the house. 
We don't hear, we do, oh, everybody's talking negative. Uh, negativity will hinder your progress in your spiritual life as quick as anything I know of. And, and you, you just need to, you need to separate yourself from people who are always complaining and grumbling and negative and naysayers, I call them. It, it just, you know, always telling you it can't be done. This won't happen. It, just, 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 just separate yourself from them. I've had to separate myself from some close friends in my lifetime just because I realized that every time I got around them, the atmosphere was so negative and everything they talked about was so negative, it started rubbing off on me. I'd start talking just like them and saying the same old kind of stuff. I, just, just clear out from folks like that. Amen. Praise God. If you feel, sometimes I had to turn off the news. I'm tired of hearing all this gloom, despair, and misery. Bless God. I'm a child of the king. Been washed in his blood. He died for my sins, arose victorious over death, held in the grave, and he's gone to heaven to prepare a place for me. I'm on the winning side. Amen. Put that negativity away from you. And fourth and finally, he, uh, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. These folks were familiar with the presence of God. Surround yourself with people who are familiar with the presence of God. They'll just encourage you. They'll just lift you up. They'll just build your spirit. How many of you know some folks that it, it just brightens the day to get in, get in their presence? You know, anybody know any of those folks? Yeah, you know them. I won't ask you to show your hands on this one, but how many of you know some folks that they brighten the room when they leave? Surround yourself with people who, praise God, we, read the back of the book, we win. Don't get, don't get all caught up in this negativity. The enemy is trying so hard to divide us everywhere he can. He's trying to divide families. He's trying to divide, to divide us politically. He's trying to divide us racially. He's trying to divide us economically. He's trying to divide us every way in the world that he can. That's what he's trying to do is drive wedges and, and, and divide us. But listen, n nobody's knocked God off the throne. He's still there. He's still in charge. Amen. It's, Praise God. Surround yourself with people that have that kind of view. Now, I'm going to close with this. When, when you're sowing, and I'm talking about now not the farmer in the field. Um, I, I'm talking about your actual giving, whether it be your time, your money, or whatever. I want to give you some help from the Word on the direction in which you sow. For example, if you're sowing for your health, Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalms 41, 1 to 3, blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. 
you will sustain him on his sick bed. So down. In other words, give. He said, if you want to reap a harvest, that 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 part of that God's pledge to to add to your health or your blessings physically, then give to people that can't respond. Give to people who can't give back. Give to people who have nothing. No way. Yesterday at the bridge ministry, we, we did our annual coat giveaway where we give coats to all the homeless adults there. Next week they'll give to the children. But they, they, they give them brand new, nice coats. It's probably the most expensive thing that the bridge does all year long. They give everybody a new coat for the wintertime. Those folks can't, they can't give back to us for that. We don't give for that purpose. We give because we love God and God loves the poor. And God said, if you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. And, and so we just give for the glory of God. God said, I'll bless you with health in that area. Amen. So, so you sow down for health. Now, let, let me clear this up real quick because somebody's going to say, well, preacher, I know somebody that was a generous giver and gave to the poor and, uh, and they died. I do too. I know a lot. But I can promise you this morning, those people have brand new bodies and they're, they're healed forever. Amen. It's still, whether God heals you here, some of you are going to reap your harvest here with what you sow. Some of you are going to reap your harvest after you get there. Amen? You say, well, what, what, listen, that, that's, that's great. You, you can't lose. You can't lose if you give to the glory of God and bless. Now, secondly, you, show, you sow up for wealth. Let me give you scripture. Ezekiel 44 and 30. The best of all the first fruits of any kind and every sacrifice of any kind from all of your sacrifices shall be to the priest. Also, you shall give to the priest the first of your ground meal to cause the blessing to rest on your house. In other words, if, if, you, if you want success, now we're under a different order. Well, that's old covenant. I know that, but it's an example that you can use in the new covenant. And, um, and, and I'm not using this this morning to, to try to make any kind of application that you're supposed to give to the preacher for that. No, 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 no. That, that was the priest in the old day because the priest was the one that was up spiritually on a different level with all the rest. That, that's not uh, applicable today. However, when you see a ministry that God is blessing, if you will give, if you sow into that, you will be blessed as part of the harvest and the fruit of, of that ministry. It's a principle of God. So God says if you want wealth, if you want success, if you want to be prosperous in this life, give. My wife and I give both ways. We give to ministries that we, we support children that can never give anything back. We support uh, ministries like the bridge and others that, that to the poor. But we also give to some ministries that we see that are fruitful and we see God's anointing on them. You, and and I, a lot of people look at that ministry and say, well, man, what do they need? Good night. They got 40,000 members. They got, you know, they got millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, God is blessing them. They have a special anointing on them. Now, I know among all of that, there, there may be some charlatans along the way, and God give us wisdom and understanding and discernment so that we don't support something ridiculous. 
But when you recognize the true anointing of God, you can sow into that and expect to be blessed with that. Thank the Lord. Amen. There were days when I gave the Billy Graham Association. Good night. What could Billy Graham's association need? I don't know, but boy, they sure got the gospel to millions of people around the world, and millions of people were saved. And I say, praise God, I want a, I want a part of that harvest. Amen? So, so you give up. And then finally, thirdly, give out for your future, for your destiny. Psalms 112 and 9. He gives generously to the needy, and his kindness never fails. He will be powerful and respected. In other words, God will take care of your future and take care of you into your future. Give out. Give out beyond yourself. One of the things I love about this church is we give to the needy that are local, and we help a lot of people. You can come up here on any Friday morning and see the food pantry in full uh, operation. You can come. You can you can visit and see the adopt a block. You can you can go and see the ministry that they're doing right now with the and the clubs downtown. We have young we have ladies who go into those clubs and bless those girls, and and um, and and it's amazing what God is doing. We sow we sow to those who can't help us. We sow to those out in our missions giving. We just plant churches around the world. Praise God. We give to people in India. We give to people in South America. We give to people in Africa. We give to people in the Middle East. We give to people in Brazil. We give all over the world. Five continents. We planted churches from this church. Give out. Praise God. Praise God. God said, I will bless your future. That's why I don't have to worry about the future of this church because I know that God has got his hand upon it. It's not my church. It's not me directing it. It's God's church. And if we continue to have that attitude of generosity to give, then God will see that our future is bright and that our destiny is reached. Amen. We give for the glory of God. Stand with me, if you will, please. God bless you. Thank you for being so attentive this morning. You know, if you give $10 for lunch, it'll last a few hours. If you give $10 for gas, it'll last a few miles. If you spend $10 on groceries, it'll last a few days. If you spend $10 on a haircut, it might last a few weeks if you spend ten dollars on clothes it might last for a season or two if you put ten dollars in your house on your mortgage it may even last for a generation or two but if you put ten dollars in the program of god it'll last forever it'll last forever amen And it will just keep on producing and producing and producing and producing. And let me tell you something. If if there's a good program here, and many of you have been through Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. We do it here every year. Um, and, And you know that he stresses the importance of beginning young to put away your money for retirement. And then when you get retirement age, if you've invested properly, you will, you will be set. 
I mean, you'll be a millionaire if you, if, if, if you follow that program because of the compound interest. And, uh, and, and that's, that's one of the miracles of finance is compound interest. It just grows and grows and then it multiplies. If you just, it, it's amazing what it will do. And you can start with a little bit and have a whole lot if you keep investing and if you don't take it out and if you don't spend it. Listen, if man can come up with a system like that on, here on this earth, God's got one that just beats it all to pieces. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, let me tell you, I don't know if you've checked your investments or not, but if you've got an investment that's making you around 8, 10% right now in today's economy, you, you've got a pretty good investment right there, buddy. Most people are about 4%, but if, you, if you've got something, that, that's good interest. Let me take you back to that parable that Jesus gave us a while ago. 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. Wow. Boy, there's not a bank in this country that will do that. Not a one. Heaven's bank will. Jesus said, you won't even give a cup of cold water in my name and lose your reward. I'm going to see that you're blessed. I encourage you this morning, prepare your heart. Get ready as you prepare during the Christmas season. Don't forget to sow into the kingdom of God. And as you prepare for the new year coming, don't forget to sow into the kingdom of God. It'll be the greatest investment that you've ever made. Would you bow your head with me, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your grace to all of us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. Lord, I just pray that you will search every heart standing here today. If there's a man, woman, boy, girl that has not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray that right now while we pray that they'll just open their heart to you and receive eternal life and become a part of the family of God. And Lord, I pray for all of us that you'll give us wisdom, discernment, and give us direction in our lives. And help us to be patient, Lord, because we know that harvest time is coming. In the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord, amen and amen. Praise God.